0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Talking Strangers. If you're listening for the first time, you're probably wondering, what is Talking Strangers? Well, this is a podcast capturing the stories and experiences of other human beings. So if you're a human being, I think you'll be interested to further listen. I know, I know, I know. It's been a while since our first episode and admittedly, we are a bit late. But not to worry this episode about supporting local acts would hopefully make up for it. I've never really been a fan of local talent, mainly because I've never really been exposed or I've never found the interest to be so. About two years ago, that all changed when a friend of mine brought me to this place called Murdekaya to watch a gig one night. And she convinced me by telling me this. Oh, this act has the whole JT stage presence, R&B vibe going on. Yes, it took a Justin Timberlake reference to get me there. And thank goodness she convinced me. If not, he probably wouldn't be a guest on this episode. That said, I was really impressed that night. Had no idea that we had a great deal of local talents. And from then onwards, I am now more aware of our homegrown artists and I'm even a fan of a few of them. Nick Youngkit, the ad I caught that night, I've continued to follow him for the past couple of years and he's made himself quite known in the local music scene fusing pop and R&B and always performing at gigs and events. Although he hasn't really broken into mainstream music, he's very much aware of the industry and what it takes for himself and other up-and-coming artists to stay current Or as they say, make it big. So I invited him to come on the show to weigh in on the issue of supporting local acts. And he in return filled me in on the dark side of the local music scene. And boy was he vocal about it. Wait till you hear what he has to say. Now let's get back to the podcast. So the other day, I was talking to my producer, Aswan, I was like, oh, we need to do an episode about, um, you know, supporting local artists because I think only in the recent years, I've started to know about local artists. And he was like, oh, you know what? I don't even think I know a handful of them. So I actually quizzed quizzed him and said, like, how many artists do you actually know? Like, name me, Aswan, name me three artists that you know.
1: Okay. uh...
0: Local artists, yeah,
1: homegrown. Too fat.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Not bad. Yuna. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the city no count.
0: I guess so. Yes. <laughs> Even though she's like that, though. City no Yeah, sure. Nice. Okay, that's not too bad. But anything more?
1: Malik. How was more? How about more current ones, right now? Yeah. Yuna's one, yeah. Malik. I, even I don't know. Who so. is that? So it's pretty good. <laughs> Too fat? Yeah, yes? sure. yeah. 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 Okay, I cheated.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, that's the point. Like, I feel so many people are just not aware of local artists here, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, but why is that? Like, why is it because there is just no, there's just no support for it, or are they not, um, you know? Producing good work. Why is it? And I think you, Nick, would probably be able to answer that because I think you've been trying to break into the music industry. Yeah, lately. sort
1: of as a hobby. But um, yeah, I've been in the scene. I've dabbled and I've known some people who are into it more than I am. So yeah, um, yeah. I think
0: yeah,
1: I think this is a many-layered uh, issue if it is an issue because um firstly I categorize Malaysian music into a few languages right there's Malay music there's Chinese music and then there's English music now uh, I've got Chinese friends who've gone into the Chinese scene and they've made it big mm-hmm. uh, even m- English musicians who tried their hand at Chinese music and suddenly they're big so it's clear that there's no issue in the Chinese scene um, I've got a I've got a group of friends who just released a single and it's a Malay song and they released it to the Malay market and they're doing really well as well. So um, it's obvious that the only issue with supporting local artists it's not really supporting local artists, it's supporting local English yes. artists. Yeah,
0: know? that's so true because I was thinking today as well, like, is it because of the language barrier? It's the different market that you need to tap into. There's the Chinese market, there's the English market, there's the Malay market, there's also the Tamil market and Hindi yeah, market, I yeah. guess. And they have all different success rates, but I think the toughest one is definitely the English mainstream. Simple,
1: it's a matter of supply and demand. Actually, it's economics, man. Like, I, I view it as economics because right. Um, right now, how Malaysian culture sees Malaysian English musicians is that they see us as an inferior good and international music is a luxury good. Right. How would I like to see it? So, um, and also, when you talk about Chinese music, there's a smaller, like, group of that. There's a, there's a niche into that. But when you're talking about English, there's so many people doing English music. Uh, the moment you open it up to the international scene, the whole of America does English music. The UK does English music. So there's so much variety to choose from. So naturally, we want to listen to more... Uh, more known English musicians outside than listening to people over here, so that's another that's another like barrier to Malaysian English music.
0: Is it because the English musicians here are just not producing music as good as the mainstream music, that's, or is there just no support from like local labels? That's the second layer, which is
1: um, the kind of music we make, because. Right. Looking at Plane Pursuit and Yuna, mm-hmm. they're doing really pop, R&B kind of sounds. Yes. So, um, that's what people are listening to right now. That's why Crush is doing so well, and that's why Plane Pursuit just recently beat Maroon 5 and all that. It went viral and blah, 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 blah. So, um, then you look back, then you look at, like, some local musicians. If you go to Medikaya, you go and look at any of the open micros over there. They'll be doing folk and... Uh, I've got a I've got a friend doing blues and they're it's great they're great genres you know ca- country and all that but they're they're niche
0: and so, not many people appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's not you. You've already got people listening to other English musicians and you're trying to get uh, you're trying to attract Malaysian music. There are people to go to Malaysian music, but we're playing niche stuff that not many people haven't ear for. They they rather hear pop and other more ear friendly genres so that's that's an additional barrier and then the last one I'd say is one of culture is just Malaysian culture we've just uh, because in the UK um, they've got this culture where they actually want to discover new music like there'll be there I used to be in Manchester and there'll be a blackboard in my student union, with uh, names of all the indie acts playing that night. Wow. And uh, with the ticket prices, and you know, you can just go to the university shop where they sell okay. the sweaters and all that, you can buy tickets from there. Bands like 1975 in 2012 were no one. They were on that blackboard, you know? And I saw them, and I, I didn't watch them, uh, shame, but... Uh, oh, they're coming Yeah, they were just, they would, yeah, they're coming next month, but for, you know, 300, 400 ringgit yeah. for a whole festival. While over there, it was literally like eight pounds to watch them. You know, that was 2012. Fast forward three, four years later, they're one of the biggest Big bands nice. right now with like the coolest uh, amalgamation of all the genres that I've heard of. So um, there's a culture over there that, um, there's a culture in the UK that wants to support independent music. While over here, we're, we're just yeah. not, we're just not in that. We just don't have the habit of going. Hey, you want to go catch an independent band? That's not. That's not something you do at night. You go to a club or you go to a mama or you watch football. Mm-hmm. That's our culture. Right. So watching independent music and paying for it isn't like part of our culture. It's mostly a friends and family kind of thing.
0: That's true. It's it's still quite um. You're you're right. It's very niche. It's still very small. Uh, the culture mm-hmm. has not been fully cultivated. But speaking of Malacca, I just. I want to give props to them. Like, yeah. places like Merekaya, um, people play at No Black Thai, BD, uh, yeah, you know, they really promote independent artists. I think my first... Yeah, that's... Actually, I got to know about the local music scene by going to Merekaya. And that's where I saw you yeah. in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I was... I think I was quite amazed. Um, from an outsider's perspective, from a listener's perspective, I didn't think that, you know, local musicians were that great, to be honest. But then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually quite surprised. Um, but what does it there are many still many success stories. I yes. mean Yuna's one of them. Yes. That's um right. I even listening to the radio the other day, I heard Talita Tan. Yes. That's with right. Darren Ashley, and I was quite shocked. I was like, oh, that's her. Didn't think about that. And the other day I heard this uh b pop b track, which yeah, what you said just now, The fam as yeah, well on the radio. Right. How Is it, how does one get into the mainstream radio? Mm.
1: Well, for one, uh, this one's a bit more on the sensitive side, but I think you could get bigger if you sold an image more than your own music. Like if you you had social media presence, Mm. and then as a side, hey, you can go, hey, I'm a musician, so that's your image, you're a musician. So people are into you and not your music. Like they're into you first because they want to know about your life. They want to know what your Instagram pictures look like and everything. Then they check out, oh, he's, she's got a music video coming out. Oh, that's pretty cool and everything. So um, that's the mentality. It's about uh, where we're so into celebrities and people and stuff like that and not into music. So, if you did want to... Some people would call it selling out. Yeah. I just call it another way of marketing. Um, but you build yourself. You build your image. You become... You just take nice pictures, or you can just just find something that will look right. good, will right. look social media friendly, and then, like, go on with that.
0: So right, but that's showbiz, right? That's how Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the music industry. like. A if, lot of times, yeah. I think if you... You're not attached to a label no. or anything yet, right? Are you seeking to be attached? To no.
1: The um. There's this independent record label in Malaysia called uh, Lucid Neo Lucid Sound, Right. And, uh, that's just that. a couple of friends of mine, and they're they're releasing an EP soon and everything. So I'm just gonna help them out. I'm not signed or anything. There's no contract, but uh, they're helping. They're helping me produce my stuff as well. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, I'm not going. I'm not looking for, like, Universal or Warner Bros and all those people yet, no.
0: Right. Do you have any intention to? Because I feel like, I don't know, I don't know how the artists that actually make, break it into mainstream mm-hmm. are. Like, do they, is it, they can get signed and, you know, they have to create this whole image? I think it's part of the package, like yep. what you said before. Um,
1: you can get signed and if, the, if the record label loves you, then you should be fine, but most of the time, in fact, I've got a friend working in a law firm. Yeah, he works in a law firm, and he did a few contracts for a record label, and his job was to make the contracts as beneficial to the record label and as tightening to the artist as possible. So in the end, it's still business. You're, you're essentially buying a product for as low a cost as you can, and then you're selling it at like a high cost while keeping variable costs low. That's how I like to see it. So you know they'll try they'll try their best to keep control of the artist while the artist gets you know like some royalties here and there. But they're not allowed to their creative freedom gets like like tightened up and everything as well. Yeah. So there is always that risk whether or not you're big or not. So I've had some friends who signed on to some record labels and they can't do anything right now because the record labels just shunted them aside. They just wanted to keep their chess pieces with them. Right. Um, but we'll only use them when we need to. And sometimes they don't end up using the chess pieces at so all. So they can't it, produce anything. They can't play they can't play at places, they can't make music without right. you know they can't release music so, without their consent. So okay. they're
0: sort of like selling their soul to the devil. It is, yeah. It wow. is
1: sort of like that. So it's risky, especially with English music. Especially mm-hmm. with English music. Because mm-hmm. it's so tough.
0: Labels here do that too. Yeah
1: yeah. Huh. Yeah. So um, there is a way, but you got to make damn sure that when you're signing a contract, when you're negotiating, you got to make sure the terms are like beneficial to both. You try to get a win-win situation. And you better make sure you're sellable. If you're just like an average, normal singer-songwriter without any uh, creative or uniqueness, any USP or anything, then it'd be a bit dangerous lah, to sign. Because there's a, there's a higher risk that they'll just keep you there and not have you do anything.
0: So you actually have friends right now who are unstuck under the situation. I've got a few
1: friends who are doing good. Right. I've got a few friends who are just stuck. So, yeah. So, record labels are one of the ways. Uh, being independent is also one of the ways. In my opinion, I think the best way we should do it right now
0: is online. Right? I think... It's definitely online. Right? That's the medium that everyone is going to. But here's the thing. I don't know. Like, personally, I feel that, especially for YouTube singers... Um, a lot of them actually sound very similar. Yeah, that's right. Yes. That's another issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and it's just, it's it's something to be annoying to a point that, you know, every time they do a cover and they're like, oh, you know, it, they all sound the same. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, are they is there a way to stand out what is going on in the YouTube scene?
1: How I'm doing it is that I'm going in more electronic sounds now. Which is uh, that producer, Neo Lucid. They're, they use Ableton pushes, they, they, they use a lot of synths and stuff right. like that. Is it a
0: trend or are you is it just something you're personally inclined? to? I
1: like pop and I like R and b, but I don't want my sound to be just another raw band. Yeah. So um, I wanted to implement more um, <clears throat> more uh, synthetic sounds, more electronic sounds. Sort of like 1975 mm-hmm. and like other musicians that I really like. like um, There's this artist called Gallant. He's from America. And he has a very healthy mix of like raw drums and guitar with electronic sounds as well. Not so yeah, well. Online, online presence. Um, there's just because there's no, you know, they say it all the time about online stuff. There's no barrier. Like if you, you can target whoever you want. You can spend money on your, rev- on your ads and everything, and like target America and the UK and everything. So. But
0: can you actually go big? Or, you know, well if you have the intention to go big, can you actually go big just online?
1: Yes, because um, a lot, have you heard of Majestic Casual? Yes. It's a YouTube channel, and um, a lot of producers, like beat makers, they, they kind of make their beats, mm-hmm. and if they're good, they get featured on Majestic Casual. And a lot of people were on Majestic Casual, and they were small, they were just tiny beatmakers who put their stuff on SoundCloud, and now they're huge. There's Hon, there's Flume, there's so many other people, uh, like Muramasa, Taku, and all those people. They're all great, and it's mainly online presence, you know? They didn't, they didn't do, they did do live stuff and everything, but their main support came from people who listened to them on SoundCloud and on Majestic Casual on YouTube. So I believe I believe that's the way to go. Like right? just release stuff and like push it out as far as you can because there's no people don't have to go to a venue and pay money to listen to you online. You just need to go to the link.
0: So in that case, we don't even need labels and a marketing team anymore. Like you can do it all by yourself.
1: It's um it's sort of like you know technological advancement Some things are getting more redundant. I would say it's sort of like accounting and stuff like that. You can get systems to do accounting for you. So, uh, with technological advancement, you don't have to get signed to become big anymore, and you can bypass the whole like middle person because the record label is technically in the middle yeah. person. You have to yeah. give something in exchange for something. But this time, you can handle it all by yourself. If you you can learn to produce these days. There's so many apps. There's Ableton. You just get a push, and you can make your own sounds. Really get a good mic. So that's production done. You can market yourself online so easily these days. And, uh, yeah, so, like, there's no need for the record label. You can. It's still you, It's still a possibility, especially if you're not, if you don't think you're confident enough with your own skills. You can get them to do it for you. But um, they. you can also not. So, yeah, there are more options these days.
0: And people are able... Because I'm just wondering, like, let's say if I start singing and I put myself on YouTube and all of that, can I actually make a living out of it? Mmm... And okay, let's just not, not just with that, maybe I'm signed with a label, for example. Right. Can I make a living here in Malaysia?
1: I honestly don't know what they're, like, uh, what, how, how they see musicians going out to play. I don't know how strict it is exactly. I just know, like, some people are, like, bit choked, Some people are more chill. So, um, I don't know about being in a record label, but if you're a musician in Malaysia and you're decent... And you you have good content and everything, um, you can make a living out of live private performances. Like that's the main source of income for a lot of musicians getting by. It's not the, it's not the no black tie gigs. It's not the B. It's not Vernekaya. Yeah. That's for exposure, and that's for getting your name out there. But um, it's the weddings and the corporate dinners and everything. Those pay the bills, and that's where this company called Gig Fairy comes in. Uh, gig Ferry is essentially Airbnb for musicians. You just go onto the site, choose your musician, contact him or her, uh, agree on some, and then you go for it. And um, that's providing really solid income for musicians, you know, trying to get out there. So they can play a few shows, and, and then they play, like, one wedding, and they get maybe, like, 3,000 split among the band, and that's, like, a few hundred bucks. Do a few of that a month, and you've got enough to get by, and if you really work at it, if you're actually doing events like so every single day and everything, you could actually earn like a really good amount of money. But you gotta be good, you know? You gotta be decent.
0: Right. Yeah, I've heard of gig Fairy too and yeah. I was wondering like, do people actually get along?
1: Yeah, I've gotten so many. I've gotten like I've, press, got, really? I've got a few weddings in October. <laughs> I don't know why. October seems to be wedding season but I've got like three weddings there. And I've got like some restaurant performances, more regular, like solid, uh, more constant cash flows and everything. So yeah, they've been they've been good for me.
0: Right. Okay. Mm. Um one more thing, like um just how do you think people should support the local artists here? And or how do we just how do we cultivate that culture to support local artists?
1: Mm. But the thing about culture is that it's tough to change. It is. Like, you just can't change Malaysian driving behaviour in a day. But you like,
0: can self-influence... Yes. No, that's Laws. That's a... You can influence it with
1: laws. And <laughs> with music, there are no laws. You like, must listen You get this. fined if you don't listen to talita once a day. <laughs> so, like, you... Yeah, so, uh, it's tough. If you if you want to be nice about it, it's tough to change culture. You know, if you just say, Hey, could you please not use the emergency lane No one's gonna.
0: No, no, driving is definitely. Yeah. So again,
1: like that's a that's an example of of, uh, culture and how hard is it to shift out of it. But so even with local music, but I think um, from their part, it's it's their choice to listen to English music or not. So I can't do anything about that. What I can do is to make uh, is to make. Um, stuff it's almost like selling out it's almost like selling out but if you know how to do if you know how to compose your music in the way yeah, in a in the right way you can still do what you want and also do what and also give people what they want so in my opinion you make good music that's a given really you make like music that would be would be um, that people would want to hear um, but on your side try to make the music as easy to get as possible in the sense right. that Spotify for one, like put your music on Spotify, that's been great. I've got a few people, uh, a few of my friends who put their music on Spotify, uh, and they get listens because it's free, because they already have the membership. So it put Spotify really put international musicians and local musicians on, on the level playing ground because there's no cost to listen to them. You buy, you pay like your 14 ringgit and you've got all of them at your fingertips. So put it on Spotify, make it as easily accessible, put it on SoundCloud, free downloads and stuff like that. And that'll help. And then, um, yeah, build your image. Be, 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 an, be someone influential. Be someone like likable on social media. And um, again, like a lot of people will say, "Oh, you're being fake, yeah. you're being pretentious, and everything." But um, you can, you can do, you can do all those things while being real. Like you can do it without being, you know, you don't need the flat lays and everything. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need the fade filters and everything. You, you, can, the you can still you can still do it without having to follow the guideline of so typical social media influencers. So yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode. Some parts got pretty serious, but I found it quite insightful. If you want to catch more of Nick's stuff, go like his Facebook page, NYK. I repeat, N.Y.K. And be prepared to be flirted by lots of R&B, funk, soul and blues goodness on your Facebook timeline. Also, his Instagram, NickYoungKid, to get updates about his music, which he will be dropping pretty soon. Also, stay tuned by subscribing to our podcast, Talking Strangers. We have more episodes lined up, and I promise you will enjoy all of it. For our current listeners, I truly, truly, truly want to thank you all for sticking around and giving episode to your shop. We love you. Bye!